I want to know if you could build the perfect takeout food, the perfect fast food experience. What would you get? One meal, one side, one drink. Okay. And what would like what would be in it? So it'll be a chicken burger, and I would go half fries, half onion rings. Okay, a little bit of a cheat, but that's fine. That is not a cheat. That is very okay. common practice now. Nice try. <laughs> all right, all right. This is going to sound really weird, but I would really enjoy it with a smoothie. I don't know okay. why. Okay. Yeah. What kind of smoothie? It would be what I'm kind of feeling these days, which is like a mango, pineapple, coconut, almost like a pina colada smoothie. Yeah, that uh, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Typical it's a little lighter. And, yeah. what, and what would be on the burger? Okay, so the burger would be grilled chicken with okay. maybe a blackened I think it would be blackened chicken okay which I've recently discovered doesn't mean charred it's actually a seasoning no. yes yeah <laughs> uh, yeah and and uh it's really red and you think it should be super spicy but it's actually only a little bit of cayenne in it so it has a bit of spice but it's mostly paprika and oregano oh it's so delicious I love it it would have fresh lettuce tomato fried onions some sort of smoked bacon on it melty brie cheese and a truffle aioli or something something like earthy attached to it and then so the fries would also be truffle parmesan fries and then it would come with like a homemade ketchup and also a like some sort of aioli of some sort could be garlic could be truffle could be uh yeah anything that would be my perfect my perfect takeout food welcome to taste bc radio where we're going on a journey to explore restaurants breweries wineries and just about anywhere where we can eat or drink local I'm Jeff. And I'm Dan. And we are talking twice a month about local BC food and drink. If you want to join in on the conversation, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at TasteBCRadio. Or email us at host at TasteBCRadio.ca. All right, tasters, let's get into it. Hey, Dan. Hey, Jeff. I heard you had an interview yesterday. I sure did. Yeah. That's the first first interview I've had since like 2018. Or actually even 2017. I always forget how uncomfortable it makes me. You know, you're like, (laughs) you're supposed to talk about yourself. You're supposed to be kind of showing yourself off to the tier or whoever's interviewing you. And oh man, it just gives me so much like awkward vibes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least you knew them well, is what you said, right? Yeah, yeah. I went to school with one of them, and then I uh, uh, I worked with the other for uh, a few times. So they know me, and they uh, they they can uh, see past the awkwardness, which is kind of good. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so uh, tell me about the interview, what it was for, and sure. how it will affect you and such. Yeah, so it was an interview to become an advanced care paramedic uh, preceptor here in Victoria. Which is like a mentor, right? Yeah, exactly. You think yeah. of it kind of like residency or internship. So we have different levels of educational or learning steps you have to take before you can practice independently as an advanced care paramedic. So it starts with precepting or internship, if you want to call it that. And that's when you're kind of fresh, you're you're going through your course at the time and uh, you go out three times, kind of uh, three separate times, like three kind of trimesters uh, that you, uh, or three semesters, sorry. Um, <laughs> got got baby, baby on brain. my brain, apparently. <laughs> so it's, it increases as time goes on in terms of what the expectations of the students are. And so like when they're first coming out uh, and I'm precepting, it's very like rigid and like, this is what I want you to follow. This is what I, this is, these are my expectations of, of you and what we're looking for in terms of a, a term one student is kind of what we call right. them. 
And uh, so it's very, very rigid. It's very much like, let's get you a really solid foundation to build your practice on. Um, By the books. By the books, basically. Yeah. And so it gives you an opportunity to apply the knowledge that you've learned throughout the first part of your course and bring it into the real world. Yeah, they they really uh, want it to be well-structured. What they say is in in terms of when you're practicing in times of high levels of stress, you're going to fall on your like foundations basically. Right. When your brain is in fight or flight, it's going to go to what it knows best. And so this laying the foundation is kind of a fallback. If you're kind of lose, if you're getting really stressed out or if there's a super sick patient and uh, you're able to fall back on good uh, base knowledge and like structure and you're like, you're able to hit the major points, which is your airway breathing and circulation stuff. So, um, so it's super exciting and uh, I've, it's something that I've wanted to do for a long time. And I found in Victoria, we have a lot of uh, paramedics who work out in part-time stations. So they're relatively new to the service. And I found doing calls with them is very rewarding and very fun because uh, they always right. want to ask. They're very keen. They're excited. They're just starting out and I can kind of share knowledge and, and stuff like that. So this is kind of like the next step for me in terms of teaching and uh, providing some uh, new people with uh, my experience and the way I yeah, like to yeah. do things, but also kind of not not making mini me's <laughs> out of them, yeah. like letting them do their do the call that they want to do, but sharing kind of my experience and di- like different ways cool. of doing the same call because there's a million ways to do every single call. So yeah, yeah. And did you have to wait until you were permanent full time to yes. be able to do this? Yeah, oh. you have to be full time. The old rule was you had to be three years plus a day since you were signed off, and that's kind of gone by the wayside because we need people to come through and if you're uh working in a high call volume area they can take that into consideration now so i was working in vancouver for i think nine months as a signed off acp and now i'm in victoria which is also a high uh not as high as uh as vancouver but it's still high call volume area yeah we got to do and you're probably seeing more calls than an acp in nanaimo or whatever so totally yeah Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, congratulations. Thank you. What do you yeah. think? Do you think that it's something that is pretty guaranteed that you'll get? Uh, I don't know if guaranteed, but I had a good feeling after the interview. Um, they they a lot. It was a very quick one. Like I think they're um, like there's not much because they're already employees and stuff. They're really just trying to see what kind of people, you, what kind of person you are, and like right. or would you be suited to like a preceptor role. So a lot of the questions were based on if you saw this, like how would you react to that as as a as a preceptor and uh, right. what made you want to become a preceptor in the first place that, those kind of things so it was a very straightforward interview it was about 20 minutes um and i had and i finished mine in like 18 minutes which is or 16 minutes actually i had like four yeah, minutes yeah. left so um i kind of asked them how they were doing because <laughs> i hadn't seen them in a while so that was kind of funny and not really super um i guess like not formal interview style at that point but right it's yeah. just kind of nice to see them and see what they're up to and stuff like that so Great. it was nice yeah um amazing yeah so i should apparently i should hear in a week or two so we'll see fingers crossed great yeah good luck it'll be I- i'm sure you'd be fantastic for the role oh thank you i'm i uh i've really enjoyed that part of my job uh the kind of the teaching and stuff like that which is a lot of fun and uh yeah it gives me a warm fuzzy feeling so that's always nice good good <laughs> good 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 yeah how about yourself what's uh, what's new with you honestly not really anything just been doing school and running and yeah. you've been getting more and more back into running running is that yeah right? yeah more trails and stuff 
Yeah, I think that um, I had a very like interesting relationship with running before where I kind of mm. felt like I had to justify if I was going slow or if I wasn't having a good run or, or whatever. And right. um, when I kind of took a break over the summer because I was so busy with school, I when I got was getting back into it, I actually disconnected from Strava completely, which yeah. is a you know, activity tracking kind of social network. And uh, that's helped a lot because I kind of just have allowed myself to do what I think feels good and uh, enjoyed the journey. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure it necessarily is like the perfect method what I'm doing now, which is uh, some I'm still tracking it uh, with my Garmin and but it's not getting kind of posted to like the public. Yeah. And uh, I think, yeah, and I'm putting a lot less stock in like the amount of time it takes or, or whatever. And I'm just kind of trusting my feeling more and, and trusting kind of my experience. And so it's, it's been a long journey to get there, but I think that it's a lot healthier place to be. And, um, hopefully it works out. Yeah. It continues to work out for me. So, yeah. That sounds like a much more, uh, pleasant kind of relationship, if you will. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think I, I mean, I am technically training for something but Mm -hmm. but technically not having anything on the books right now because i'm not registered for anything Uh, i have an idea of a couple things that i want to do and i'm I'm kind of building up for that yeah but it's it's definitely helped not having a big goal that i'm chasing that's like really kind of pushing my limits right now Mm while i'm in school so it's allowing me to kind of do something that at a volume that i like and a volume that i feel comfortable with and also the ability to to feel like oh you know what i I actually don't have time or I don't feel like going for a run today and that's okay too. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's a lot uh, healthier place. That's, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. It feels good. Yeah. yeah. I think, uh, that's but the- I mean, th- that's like, that's like the most like exciting thing happening for me right now, except for, <laughs> Uh, my little nephew getting getting so much bigger by the second. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's adorable. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So many babies in my life right now. It's great. Hey, I'm sitting right here. That's not very nice. <laughs> you big baby? <laughs> you big baby. <laughs> oh, actually, you know what's cool I did recently is I went to a... It's called the Forward Food Summit. It was put on by my school, SFU, and the Humane Society of Canada. Mm. or Humane Society International, the Canada Division, and right. uh, Roots, which is the school uh, program. And there's a bunch of uh, presentations about uh, primarily diet and how it can affect the uh, climate change and land use and water use and the way that the planet looks at, at diet in the food system and mm. how it was mostly for uh, like suppliers and industry professionals. So people that run restaurants and how to kind of transition their menu to more sustainable um, food programs. Right. Uh, but having been in the industry and being in the program that I'm in, I, I went to the, the thing and uh, I was, yeah, it was super interesting. There were some really good presentations. Um, the keynote speaker was, Dr. Brent Loken, who works for the WWF, right. um, not the wrestling, but the Wildlife <laughs> Foundation. Uh, and he had an incredibly interesting talk about the food systems that we currently have in place. And there was some very depressing things throughout the day and some some pretty exciting things throughout the day. Uh, the right. whole thing was... Um, the whole the whole iteration of this was plant based. And then oh. next year's is going to be all like indigenous food, which is really cool. Um, right. And so kind of like two things that are really kind of being pushed in terms of, you know, food sovereignty and food uh, security across 
uh, Canada and the rest of the world. Right. And, and yeah, it was really interesting. So if, you know, anybody's in the area of uh, Burnaby and wants to check it out next year, I definitely recommend it. There's mm-hmm. good uh, networking, good, really good information. They provide breakfast and lunch. And then there is, uh, during lunch, there's also a trade show where a bunch of vendors from BC come and like show off their products. And so I got to try a bunch of like really amazing products from around BC. And some of them I've had and I'm very well familiar with. And mm. so it was exciting to kind of see like new things that they're putting out and, and them kind of being on, on board with this, uh, you know, forward movement. And then right. some new things I got to try for the first time, which I'm excited to look out for uh, in the future uh, when I'm making my purchasing decisions for you know, food and drinks and stuff. So Sweet. yeah, really cool, really cool. Uh, a bunch of panels from local chefs and business owners. And um, yeah, the the event was free. The only thing I had to pay for was a transaction fee with the ticketing company. So I think I got it for like 11 bucks or something. Oh, that's not bad at all then. Yeah. Which is, have- yeah, very, very cheap for an eight hour conference with a bunch of free samples, free food, drinks, and, uh, well, not alcoholic drinks. Um, Breakfast and lunch, so wow. it's a lot cheaper than if I just bought, yeah, a snack. No so, yeah, jeez. So yeah, really good way to spend my day. Uh, I missed three classes, and then I went immediately into a test <laughs> afterwards. Just woof by by timing, pers- uh, the way the timing worked. But um, yeah. one of the classes I missed, the prof was actually at the event as well and was presenting <laughs> and stuff. And so we we teed up, and it was great. Yeah, that's perfect. But yeah, super cool. You had me at lunch yeah. and breakfast. <laughs> I knew I knew I would. I yeah. knew I would. Um, yeah, so it's called the Forward Food Summit, and it's uh, it's located at SFU. Um, so the next year will be early November, and take a look if you're interested in something like that. But if not, they've got a lot of the stuff that they've. Uh, if you just Google that term, they've got a lot of information about what was presented and the people that talked and stuff, and wow. so a lot of the information is there as well if you're interested. So super cool. Very good. Wow. Yeah. Something definitely to look out for for next year. Yeah, yeah, it was it was exciting. I I would recommend it for anybody that has any interest in food and sustainability at all. Hmm. Well, speaking of local foods and uh, sustainability, I know you got something great for me, and we're talking about what casual casual, casual food, ca- casual fare, yeah. Yeah, with yeah. kind of a focus focus on like you could dine in but you don't have to and uh yeah pretty pretty good like quick service stuff which is not something we've really done other than like a food truck i guess yeah yeah exactly and uh it's funny you mentioned sustainability because this is uh, a company or a restaurant here in victoria that was uh uh wanted to do fast food differently and has done a tremendous job with it as well um so the place that i want to talk to you about today is called big wheel burger and Big Wheel Burger started in 2011 and has slowly progressed. It started in the Cook Street Village, which is just uh, just outside of downtown, close to Beacon Hill Park in Victoria. Uh, it's a beautiful little community and uh, lots of little uh, hipster stores and cafes. And there's like a food truck area. And this place um, plopped right in there and made an, a pretty quick name for itself uh, and has slowly began to expand as well. And so... So what they wanted to do from the get-go was to do was to basically rewrite how fast food is done in, in the world and the way they wanted to do it was using local locally sourced sustainable and environmentally friendly um uh practices within the fast food industry and um with 
I focus as well on community uh, engagement and kind of just giving back to the community as well. So it's definitely yeah. kind of a change, uh, a, a shift away from your big corporation places. And yeah. Uh, yeah. the results really speak for themselves. So I'll kind of just talk to you quickly about their um, their uh, their sustainability promise, their, their community involvement, and their general approach. Um, they, when they first... Uh, started they basically immediately wanted to start uh, measuring their greenhouse gas emissions and so they hired uh, they went into uh, partnership with a, a company called synergy which helps them monitor like I said the the environmental impacts of uh, of the company uh, and uh, helping them kind of reduce and uh, on their website you can actually see how much uh, kilograms of carbon they've saved since they started and they're at uh, wow. 3,188,473 kilograms of carbon that they have not released into the atmosphere, which is pretty darn wow. good considering they opened in 2011. Uh, and anything that they're not able to, they are they offset to with um, a company called Ostrom Climate Solutions, was the which is a third party evidence based and action oriented approach to climate change. And what they um, they will take the, uh, the your emissions and they will invest uh, money into international and domestic land use. They'll do uh, other offsetting things. So it's not entirely what they want to do uh, in a perfect world obviously there'd be like zero uh co2 emissions uh, but this is kind of a good way to continue to try to help other help in in a different way so because of their their commitment to being carbon neutral and stuff they've been awarded with the offsetters carbon neutral company award and they've also been awarded the vancouver island green business award both in 2022 so just pretty cool wow uh the other uh sustainable thing is all of their packaging is a hundred percent compostable and so they commit to divert a minimum of 98 percent of their waste and recycling soft plastic carton styrofoam and that's normally thrown into the garbage and they also print their receipts on eco chit paper which is fennel free and 100 percent recyclable and responsibly sourced paper yeah yeah which is pretty cool i didn't even know that that was a thing um and not only do they all their um not only are all of their um utensils and everything and wrappers uh compostable but they actually use all of the things that you put in their compost to create um high quality compost for their what they call fed garden which is a partnership with food eco district a non-profit group that uh, works with local restaurants to commit to reducing their impacts on the environment which is pretty cool so they help uh with uh food uh, addressing food security problems as well in uh on vancouver island so very very good cool program and obviously very successful as well what the compost actually does as well is it allows uh it, it provides a compost for community gardens across the city and across vancouver island as well so i think that's a pretty cool idea and something that i hope it continues around other restaurants as well um yeah awesome uh, their kitchens are furnished with high efficiency appliances and uh and all of the used oil that they use uh that they don't use sorry all of their used oil from their restaurants uh is converted into biodiesel and is how they uh power their cargo vans when running errands in victoria which oh, is awesome pretty- so yeah this is a, a very, very cool company, and they are actually Canada's first carbon-neutral fast food restaurant, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. So in terms of a community aspect, they have been uh, donating 
and fundraising uh, since 2020, and they've so far uh, donated and fundraised $552,040, which is pretty darn good. Um, and most of the places that they uh, provide donations to are places like Victoria Hospice, Our Place, which is a, uh, a place where uh, people who are difficult to house can stay and, uh, and sleep, uh, the Mustard Seed, and a bunch of like uh, food security associations to help families feed themselves which is great. That's great. Uh, one of their other ones is uh, their rapid response. In uh, the recent pandemic, they supported their frontline care workers and the homeless population and food insecure people with food support. Uh, they provide direct-to-home delivery for over 50 families who are, are struggling financially and um, uh, and help, obviously, with the cost of food and everything that's been going up across the board, which is an, ama- an amazing endeavor. Uh, for them to do yeah their their big wheel community foundation is uh able to help with uh providing grants to uh, homeless people to help them uh bring themselves out of poverty and hopefully break the cycle of homelessness as well which is another amazing initiative across the board around victoria they're helping with uh, local charities and stuff like that and community projects across the board is pretty amazing i'm actually learning in school about what's called the hidden cost of food Mm. and a lot of it comes off the back of like poor labor wages for farmers or the suppliers or whatever one of the things that we briefly talked about in the class was kind of the environmental impact of food and so if you were to convert these unsustainable practices into a dollar wage or a dollar amount uh in terms of the valuation of the impact it has on the planet which is a fancy way of saying you put a price tag on the environment Mm -hmm. and how much damage you're doing uh, which economists love to do yeah so yeah this is really cool that they're they're focusing on that as kind of a starting point for Mm -hmm. i noticed on their website it says trying to prove that fast food doesn't meet junk food and so they have that kind of health aspect then they have the kind of upcycling and recycling and circular production system that they have all the way from their their own oil not only turns into biodiesel but that they also use their self so they're kind of like putting their money where their mouth is and i think that's really cool concept and yeah that's super super impressive Mm mm-hmm now to the food itself, though, which is fantastic. Uh, my wife and I recently went to there, went there the first time, and uh, to actually sit down in the restaurant is a is a lovely experience. It does kind of feel like a fast food restaurant, but the f- food itself doesn't taste like your typical fast food, and that's because they have locally sourced ingredients across the board. So they their beef is uh, provided by uh, BC Hanks grass fed beef in uh, in Abbotsford that has no added hormones, GMO, or steroids, and a also fed hydroponically grown grass which uses 95 percent less water which is amazing wow i didn't even know you could do that there's also island farms that provides the dairy uh berryman farms which provides the other other ingredients required to make uh delicious burgers and fries local breweries are, are featured there so hoyne is there phillips brewing uh, and also phillips soda works and then irene's bakery is the it provides the buns for the burgers as well so all locally yeah. sourced within bc which is amazing um for myself i uh, unfortunately i can't really eat beef too much anymore so i've fallen in love with uh chicken burgers and i had their uh their crispy chicken burger and it was delicious there it's um for me i don't love when it's like mostly the the crispy uh, like the the coating of it 
This yeah. one was a, a like a thin. I'm not sure what they used for the breading, but it was a very thin uh, but meaty chicken burger patty, and it was just delicious. And everything tasted fresh. The buns were delicious. A little bit of sweetness to them as well. Just a delicious burger from top to bottom. Nothing fancy. Very simple, straightforward. Lettuce, tomatoes, pickles, onions. That's all you need. That's all you need. As long as the ingredients are good, that's uh, that's all that matters. My wife ended up getting a cookies and cream a milkshake, which was absolutely delicious as well. Uh, we also tried their uh, yam and black bean burger, which was available in vegan uh, vegan as well, which was delicious as well. So yeah, that's such a good combination. Oh yeah. Um, so you can also get. We also tried their onion rings as well, which uh, were big like onion ring and aficionados um and they were delicious as well and didn't make me feel sick like other fast food onion rings do (laughs) yeah i love onion rings i've gotten so into them recently oh so good have you had uh obviously you probably have but uh the uh red onion rings like in general or or have you tried them before like onion rings with red onions yeah 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 oh so good yeah (laughs) yeah because it's a little bit sweeter i i um I've only had them with a beer batter, not like a oh. a breaded batter, though. So right. it, I don't think that they were as good. I, I like the breaded batter more. Oh, fair the enough. Thing yeah. with, the thing with onion rings is the ceiling is so high. They can be so, so good. But the floor mm-hmm. is so low. Like, they can be just absolute garbage. Yes. Whereas, like, I think that I think fr- onion rings can be better than fries, but they can also be worse than fries. And fries are kind of more this, like, strand in the middle. So... Less less consistency depending on where you go, and so many different kind of like ways to do onion rings too. Different kinds of batters and different kind of cuts of sizes of onions and stuff like that. And so, I don't know. One of my favorite things is when you bite into an onion ring and then the the whole onion pulls out with it and then kind of slaps you across the face and you're like, oh! And then you get that sweetness yeah. of the onion and then oh. you get to just mow down on the crispy outside too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so you just good. double down and you just shove the whole thing in your face and you can't talk for a couple minutes, but it's worth it. Oh, so <laughs> worth it. So worth it. And um, these ones, you can tell like the onions are fresh as well. They haven't just been sitting there for God knows how long. And yeah. um, it's not overly battered as well. So it's a really nicely balanced onion ring that's... Oh. You can also get poutine as well, which we didn't get, but they offer uh, vegetarian gravy, which I always appreciate because I love a good poutine, but like beef gravy or or something like that. I love a mushroom gravy, which is so good. Oh, just this place is just fantastic. They have monthly features. So this month they have a buffalo chicken sandwich. Uh, so their crispy local chicken on an Irene's bun with with a blue cheese aioli, lettuce, tomato, pickles, and a island a buffalo sauce from Island Chef Pepper Co. Which I actually don't know if I've heard of before, which is great. And also they 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 have a um, milkshake monthly feature, and this month is two percent jazz coffee shake. So two percent jazz oh. coffee is a local roastery here in Victoria, and they're now uh, showcasing it in their shakes. So it's amazing. If through the months of October, November, and December, uh, they're supporting the food banks as well. So every time you buy something, it, part of the money goes to uh, Mustard Seed and Rainbow Kitchen in Victoria and the Loaves and Fishes Community Association in Nanaimo. And actually, $2 awesome. off each of burger will be shared by these amazing organizations. So, Do they have a location in Nanaimo? Yes, they have one in uh, Nanaimo. They also have one in Courtney uh, uh, that's coming soon in 2023. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, because I saw on their Instagram that they uh, won Best Burger in Town in Nanaimo recently. So clearly doing something, right? So Because that's unusual for like a quote-unquote fast food joint winning Best Burger 
in town, right? right? Like that's uh, right. that's pretty amazing. It is an amazing company, and I've really thoroughly enjoyed learning about all their sustainable and community approaches. And it lives up to the hype as well. It's um, delicious. It's fast food, but you can sit in if you like. It's good to go as well, and oh, just a a great concept that's executed extraordinarily well and is clearly being recognized for it, which is always really nice. Amazing. So if you find yourself in the Victoria area, uh, it's got a few spots in Victoria and then um, also Nanaimo and Courtney. So I'll give you the the rundown. Uh, you can find Big Wheel Burger in Victoria. The Cook Street Village one, or the OG, if you will, is located at 341 Cook Street. They now have one open in Langford, which is uh, in, at 6102945 Jacqueline Road. Uh, they ha- And then they have a location in Westside Village in Victoria, 172 Wilson Street. And then our closest one is Gateway Village, uh, which is 703771 Vernon Avenue. And then they also have the Nanaima location, which is 601 Bruce Avenue. And they have a location in Courtney, uh, arriving in 2023 sometime. And that's going to be located at 889 Cliff Avenue. Wow. So they got about a month and a half left to get that one open. <laughs> that's incredible. I, I just assumed it was a one-off. But no, that's, yeah. it was for a long... Like the Cook Street Village one has been open since 2011, right? So they've right. slowly kind of uh, been able to expand. So That's amazing. Absolutely. Good for them. Yeah. Great, great place to, to eat. If you're looking for yeah, something perfect. fast. Amazing. So, Jeff, what have you been uh, shoving down your gullet this week? Well, like I mentioned, I went to the Forward Food Summit, and I got to try a new-to-me brand of kefir water. <gasps> Ooh. And the brand is called Kindred. Uh-huh. And it started by a... Well, it's, it's a company out of Delta, and it was started by a woman who was home brewing for the health of her family. Her son in particular was having a lot of gut issues. And so she kind of created this. And wow. as it does, uh, you know, friends and family started placing pseudo orders from her and it's grown into a six woman team now. Wow. The flavor profiles that they have are absolutely incredible. So mm. I drank and the one I'm going to specifically talk about is lemon ginger turmeric. And they had also a, another option. I think it was a strawberry rose hip for an option or it was the power green. I can't remember which one they had. I, I took the lemon ginger because, of course, that's, you know, one of the greatest flavor combinations of all time. Um, and it was so refreshing and so good. And kefir water sometimes, I think, can feel a little bit bland, mm-hmm. uh, even with really good flavors. And this one didn't at all. It felt, it, it's zero sugar. It's uh, like unsweetened. Um, but it had that really, like it was a lot closer almost to the taste of a kombucha than it was to a kefir water, in my opinion. Wow. And so it was super refreshing. It didn't quite have that you know, the tang of a kombucha because it, yes. it, like the vinegariness of it, mm-hmm. uh, but in a good way, it was very, yeah, it was, it was super t- flavorful, super tasty. Um, I was incredibly impressed with it so much so that I actually shoved the can in my bag to bring home with me so that I would be able to talk about it. And remember, <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they also, they boast a uh, woman owned business, um, uh, 3 billion CFUs, whatever that is from, <laughs> Uh, cultures, I guess, um, per serving. It's plant-based and kid-approved. Ah, it's a CFU stands for Colony Forming Unit. Oh, there you go. Estimates a number of microbial cells. Yeah. So I don't know if that's a lot, but I assume it is if it's on the can. And (laughs) 
yeah, super refreshing, super clean, very not like very, very low sh- or well, zero sugar added. 57 calories for the can, oh, 355 mil, mil can, which is still nothing. And um, yeah, really impressed. I, I, I would definitely look out for it. Now, the only problem is, is that they seem to be incredibly successful because everything on their website right now is sold out. Oh, dang. Yeah. So wow. actually, I they had... They had some bulk options for sale when I opened this earlier today, preparing for the show, and um, that was the only thing that was left. And those have now sold out since then. So, wow! Either they're clearing house and in, in preparation to move facilities, or they have just absolutely exploded and not been able to keep up with the demand. So, definitely something to keep an eye out on. It looks like they are sold around town, forty-six places in Vancouver area, uh, nowhere on the island, unfortunately. But, no. but you're you know your your typical. Uh, Places you'd expect at Whole Foods um, nice. and other markets like Choices and Urban Fair and IGAs and all those things. So keep an eye out for it in your local grocery store. And if it's stocked, make sure to grab one and, and let us know what you think. Because I was absolutely blown away by it. And uh, it's definitely going to make it into the rotation for kefir water for me. Nice. Oh, it sounds delicious. And I like the backstory too. Very yeah, cool. Yeah, for sure. And very happy that they're doing, they're clearly doing very, very well. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, Dan, what have you been tasting that you want to let me know about? Well, mine is fermented, but uh, a little bit different, a little bit more boozy. Uh, So I want to talk about a beer that I was able to try at Herald Street Brew Work. This is a place that I've talked about on the show before, and they kind of, they do a bunch of new ones uh, kind of weekly or bi-weekly and until they run out and then they bring out some more. And this one was particularly delicious. And it's called their Yacht Rocker Margarita Creamsicle Sour. So, wow. bit of a mouthful to start with, yeah. but it lives up to the uh, to the name. It's basically their sour base beer that they layered with lime puree, vanilla, lactose, and a pinch of salt. And what you get from this is this absolutely tart lime uh, start. And then it just... It and like the mouthfeel at the end of it is pretty in terms of like a sour, it's pretty light in the carbonation department, um, which is nice because it just smooths out into this beautiful vanilla citrus finish. And then it, you get this like end, end saltiness to it to round out this incredibly, it sounds pretty straightforward in terms of like a sour, but man, there's a, there's a lot of depth to this beer. It was something that was, was very surprising. I was excited for it and I didn't realize how delicious it would be and how deep and profound the flavor profile was going to be and how it changed on your palate as as you took sips and and uh, as you held it in your mouth to get the full effect of the beer it was absolutely spectacular and i highly recommend it i don't i don't know if you can even get it anymore it looks like it's on their website still on off sales but i don't know how long it's going to be there cuz it's basically until they run out so um it was absolutely delicious so if you do find yourself in victoria make sure you hop in and try this uh, creamsicle sour is to die for yeah amazing they've got some really fun names they do i love them yeah. <laughs> it's a great spot and they keep pumping out these great great beers oh they run out my only complaint is they run out too quickly <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is a good thing well it kind of feel kind of feels like their mo right they they make some really small batch stuff to really be allow them to be really experimental with it so that they're not you know committing to a massive massive amount of something that they aren't yeah, sure totally and then uh yeah and then just blowing people away and then leaving you wanting more and knowing you can't have it <laughs> 
yeah. <laughs> gotta go back for more, you know, like, of other stuff. You just gotta go. You just gotta go. All right, Jeff, what do you have oh. for me this week? All right, well, my fast food is uh, gonna take a, a big swing out east and be looking at a Japanese-inspired fair. So... In North Van, there is a little cafe called Workshop. Yeah. And Workshop is really well known for their ramen. Ah. I think it's the first time we've ever talked about ramen on the show. So a woman by the name of Mayumi and her brother Tak started this uh, restaurant. The idea was basically to provide, again, kind of similar to yours, healthy fast food. Um, they have a very plant-forward um, philosophy. Uh, they lost their dad to early-onset Alzheimer's, and she went through a thyroid issue soon after uh, one of her pregnancies. And so in 2016, they decided to open this, what they call Asian-inspired plant-based meals. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so in 2016, they opened this uh, shop, and it's quite small. It's in this, like an industrial area with a couple of restaurants around in, in North Van. They've got some coffees and to-go food, takeout versions of their meals as well. So they have some like pre-made like salads and bowls and you can buy the cinnamon buns in a nine pack to take home and bake on your own. Um, they're now selling frozen bags of the, the ramen broth, the two ramen broths. Mm-hmm. And noodles that you can buy, and they're actually out. Deli- they're actually located in uh, stores all over Vancouver as well that carry them. Right. So on that note, they in 2019, I believe, or early 2020, they actually opened a Vancouver location on Hastings Street to try to build their expansion as a restaurant. And this was before they were doing off sales of the the broth and noodles and such. Mm-hmm. It was uh, actually pretty quick to end up shutting down uh, through COVID with all the restrictions and, and it just kind of falling on hard times for that area. Shoot. And I was a little worried because I was, I was sad. I was like, oh no, like they you know made this gamble and it didn't pay off. But what they did instead, I think, has been the much better endeavor. And that was to find the ability to do the off sales and packaging. And so they've trans- they transitioned into... I mean, continuing their regular service, but they've also, they serve both broths frozen, both their types of noodles frozen. They sell out of other locations as well as ordering online or in their lo- their North End location as well. They're now doing food service um, options. And they just released recently a single serve package of noodles and broth mm-hmm. that you can get. It's kind of like, it's kind of like Mr. Noodles, except it's not, the noodles aren't par cooked. So they're, they're actually just uh, made and then dried. And so you still have to boil the noodles and then you add, you add the broth concentrate and some hot water. And then you have this like beautiful ramen. But what's fun about that is that the whole thing is shelf stable for two years with no preservatives, wow. just because of the way they've been able to dehydrate it. And they've, and it, to kind of stick with the local philosophy behind this is this method in order to be able to do that was developed by someone at UBC, no which way. is pretty cool. Oh, wow. So they are, there's no meat or fish there, but they have eggs and cheese and some of their stuff. And so with their ramen, what they've done is they've made as fulfilling of a ramen as you would get from a proper ramen shop 
um, with, um, you know, all like the pork broth and all that stuff. And they've done a really good job of kind of building those flavor profiles with uh, vegetarian options. And so what's really cool that they've done is they have brought a really high quality, really flavorful, really, really pungent kind of flavors. So they're really inclusive with their meals. They they say that 90% of their customers aren't vegetarian. They just come in because the the food is so good. They have tons of gluten-free options. They've got tons of nut awareness op- options as well, like, like avoiding nut allergies and such. Wow. Most of the stuff that they serve is served plant-based as the default. And then you can add an egg or you can add something like cheese if you want to it. Right. Yeah, so they're serving what is essentially as close to authentic ramen done in a plant-based fashion. And and what they've done with it has been really, really absolutely incredible. My personal favorite is the spicy tantan. Mm-hmm. And it's not super spicy, it's but it's got a little bit of a kick to it. And it's got kind of like a peanut base. And they've got this like cashew mushroom, cashew and mushroom kind of duck cell almost ball uh, served with it and steamed kale and some veggies and stuff in there. Uh, and they make all their own noodles and they cook every dish to order and serve it so beautifully and with such care and like to the shingling of the mushrooms on the plate and, you know, extra attention to detail that you would get. They have other kind of little bit more westernized food options as well, like Buddha bowls and avo toast. They have uh, some baked goods that aren't listed on the menu, like cookies and these absolutely incredible cinnamon buns. I don't know if you remember when we went for my wedding, we brought cinnamon buns to bake at the cabin. Yeah. Uh, that was the company's cinnamon no buns. No way. Yeah. Oh. And so those cinnamon buns are just absolutely incredible. What they do differently is they don't bake them on sheet pans. They bake them in a muffin tin. So they, they actually proof up quite a bit taller than your typical uh-huh. uh, cinnamon bun. So you don't get that kind of wide, flat one. You get more of like a tall, kind of slender one. Mm-hmm. Um and so you get a little bit more of that caramelization on the outside because there's more of that kind of crusted area on the outside, which is really cool. But it doesn't take away from the moisture of of the cinnamon bun. Like it doesn't dry it out at all, which is really nice. They, they're they really respectful of their ingredients. They make sure like every single time you get it, it's super consistent, super flavorful. The ramen noodles have that like chewy sponginess to it. They're perfectly cooked every time. Yeah, if you eat it in in-house you get that dining experience you can look over the counter and watch watch them making the the orders down to the point where they're individually cutting the mushrooms for each ramen it's not all pre-cut it's not it's like hand cut just like individually done with just so much care and delicacy if you do choose to get an egg on it it's just perfectly soft poached 75 percent runny yolk on the inside and then just kind of split and so you get that really just incredible experience if you get it to go they offer to put it in two separate packages so the noodles don't absorb all the broth before you get home to eat it but they're also happy to do it together you can also get the ramen cold which i didn't even know was a thing until this place started doing it but apparently it's actually quite a common common experience especially i guess on hotter days but but yeah i um they also have the most incredible frozen bao buns that you can get and just steam at home and they have a pseudo pork made from mushrooms and a kimchi and the pork is my wife's favorite and the kimchi is my favorite and they're unbelievable they've won a number of awards they've been in featured in tons of magazines city mash georgia Strait, a couple times golden apron uh, vancouver foodster vancouver's north shore six healthiest restaurants uh vancouver sun uh yelp community top Canada's top 100 places to eat 2021 and 2022, uh, just to name a few. And so this 
brother and sister duo and they've now actually brought in their other sister to to help with operations as well just to have built this just incredible i want to say empire of <laughs> food and and really incredible coffees too which i i haven't mentioned yet but um they do really cool coffee drinks um with like a like a turmeric latte which is like using like a turmeric kind of espresso almost like instead of espresso they they take turmeric and make like a concentrate out of that and use it for the and make like this like golden latte they're one of like the first places that i've ever seen that has charcoal water just chilling for customers to self-serve access to yeah you can you can order online for delivery they've got uh really incredible packaging it's done they've done a really good job with their marketing uh they're available at grocery stores all over i've seen them at more than just kind of vegetarian grocery stores as well. They're like in, in everyday grocery stores, uh, Whole Foods, everything. Um, and yeah, it's really like I, I've come to keep a pack of their ramen in the freezer at all times, just in case. <laughs> and um, the only thing holding me back from having more is I, f- is I feel the need to like go get like a really nice like garnishes and stuff for it to, to put on it to make it like all fancy. But, you know, if I just, you know, slurped up the broth with the noodles... Uh, why not? (laughs) I mean, like, yeah, it would be just as good. So yeah, the whole thing was kind of inspired by the health journey that they found themselves on. Mm -hmm. They both have experience in martial arts and a myriad of things. But yeah, just kind of trying to find that that health option that they can bring their culture and their health journey to the public and be really inclusive and have something that everybody can connect with and like what's more universal than the noodle. And so, yeah, I really, I've been really impressed. They do festivals and like trade shows all the time. They do conventions and is usually one of them that's actually there too. It's not like sending staff to represent and super passionate about their food and their mission. Their mission statement is we strive to create convenient, mind-blowing plant-based products. And yeah, they've just really done an incredible job of it. I don't have too much more to add to this, except for they're an absolute must-try place. Mm-hmm. They do focus more on kind of lunch hours than dinner. Like they're not open super late, and uh, so definitely check the hours before you go. But it's yeah, it's worth the trip. Honestly, it's worth it's worth a substantial detour to get there for sure. I just noticed the cold, spicy tantan ramen, and uh, what I wanted to add to this was my issue with ramen um, is usually it's made with like pork broth or beef broth, yeah. and I I've said this before, but I can't really do pork or beef very often and when i do it's very very small amounts and this is what when i look at their uh their ramen they use like an organic butternut squash broth which just sounds so good and i am dying to try it and i'm also strongly considering ordering some on their online shop like that's this is this is amazing they look incredible well and it's really cool because they've they've even been able to expand out east so like they're in eastern canada grocery stores they're working on getting imported to the states as well um they do a really good job of bringing that umami the thing with ramen is that it's supposed to have that really kind of super umami super salty super flavorful really kind of gets you really heightened senses Mm -hmm. but what i find with a lot of ramens is that they rely so heavily on the pork broth that it i got my like you get like kind of like puffy afterwards and a lot of people used to blame it on msg and let's not open that can of worms but regardless i've i 
I never feel bloated or crappy after I have a ramen from there. And it's satisfying enough that one is very filling, very rewarding, super, super satisfying. And I'll be, you know, satiated for the rest of the day. But it's light enough that if I really wanted a second one, I could have one. (laughs) (laughs) That's a fine line to walk. Yeah. So yeah, they do a really, really good job balancing it and really hitting those flavor points that they need to and keeping it light and healthy and uh, delicious at the same time. So yeah, very excited. Um, I was also able to connect with them at the food summit and that's kind of what put them back on my map because I, um, I have neglected actually going into the shop for a while now and I need to go back. Yeah. But yeah. Wow. Incredible. So if you are interested in visiting the workshop, Cafe. Uh, they are located at 296 Pemberton Ave in North Van. They're open 10 to 4 Monday to Friday, and they're closed on weekends and holidays. So hmm. despite that being a little bit more difficult to navigate for a lot of the public, uh, I think they're taking care of themselves and their families. And I, I love that thoroughly respect it and i yeah and the fact that you can get the stuff as off sales as well is it kind of it makes up for it because you can just have it at home too so i i really love what they're doing it's kind of i feel like it's one of those places like do you know the company amy's yeah they do like burritos yeah, yeah, and stuff burritos. like that yeah yeah they started as a as like a roadside diner and really but they've exploded and so the roadside diner still exists somewhere out out eastern united states but they're known as this like grocery staple right and so i can see this I can see this happening to workshop as well. And I think that, you know, especially with the the shelf life of the new product that they have and the food service noodles and stuff like that, I can see them becoming quite a staple across the country, if not the continent of, yeah. you know, just a like in every single grocery store. So uh, I'm super excited to see what happens to them in the next five years. If this is how far they've come in seven, including COVID, I think yeah. that we're in for a treat. Sky's the limit. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, for sure. They're going. It sounds like they're being recognized across the board, and it's. I feel like it feels like it's only a matter of time. Yeah, yeah, hundred over one hundred and fifty retail locations around Canada. So wow, and of course online ordering. Well, that about wraps it up for this leg of our journey. Taste BC Radio is recorded, edited, and produced by Jeff Wilson and me, Dan Cavanaugh. You can continue the journey and check out everywhere we talked about today in the show notes and our Taste BC map. Make sure to follow us at Taste BC Radio on Instagram and Facebook, and we'd love to have you join our community on Patreon. You can also now connect with us on Untapped. Links are in the show notes. Tune in next time to find out what we will be tasting next, and never miss an episode by subscribing on your podcast app. In the meantime, make sure to rate and review the show. This really helps us grow, and we really do appreciate the feedback. Until next time, support local and keep it tasty. Thanks. I'm I'm sure I won't be able to try it, but I'll live vicariously <laughs> through you. So. Exactly. I think my description was it did it justice. I hope it did. Yeah. But yeah, it's still on draft. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I don't. I always have like trust issues with websites. The amount of times <laughs> that we've gone somewhere expecting it to be this, and then they just haven't updated their website. You know. That's why I never look ahead of time. I just go in and I'm like, okay. Then you're never disappointed. Yeah.